0: And we welcome you inside this Wednesday, Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comenti here with you alongside, as always, the incomparable and all-knowing Jill Edge. And today we're going to go over some, uh, well, I guess basic cleanup work. We're going to talk about the Thunder game last night. Kings getting a win again. We're going to talk about their uh, matchup against Dallas. The first of a back-to-back where they play Dallas again on New Year's Eve. But now they get to play Isaiah Thomas. In an Isaiah Thomas revenge game tonight that I know some fans are excited to, to see IT back in Sacramento. And uh, we are going to spend a good majority of this episode dissecting this whole, for some reason, polarizing Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox debate. Uh, that Kings fans, I think, pretty much on their own accord, have incited and started this like
1: you can only have one good, te- one good player at a time right. on your team.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> this narrative that only one player is allowed to be good and that's it. It shows just how, you know, we've been so neglected as fans with true like all-star level talent over these past 15 years that when we have two guys that can seemingly be all stars, we don't understand. Like it's, we don't, we don't get what the fuck's happening. And we're like, we have to get rid, rid of one of these guys. We can't have both of them. What do we do? You know? And so we're going to talk about that about Halliburton uh, and and his excellence recently, and then not to forget about, of course, De'Aaron Fox, but let's backpedal. Let's, let's talk about the thunder game. It, uh, they came out with more juice, Jill, you know, they, 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 they played like a team that had been yelled at by their coach and, and needed to have some sort of sense of urgency. This is not a good thunder team. I dare you to name me five of those players on that team you know
1: i can do that but they're also missing a lot of people yes, so you can
0: that's fair I <laughs> mean, other like,
1: other people yes the casual really fans
0: yeah they're not yeah, going to know team who Isaiah is very is. much in
1: take mode and they've made yeah. it known they're in take mode
0: and they didn't have they're their head getting, coach. they're
1: getting their young guys minutes and that's all they really care about right now
0: exactly and uh the kings went in 13 and 21 to that game the thunder just behind but you know why 22. you
1: know why they can do it and it's not really talked about because they've done this multiple times and been successful. Yeah. But they've also been able to trade a lot of stars to do these kinds of things. And they made the playoffs two years ago. So it's not like they have anyone on their team that's like, I've been in the league five years and not made the playoffs. So <clears throat> much easier to swallow than if you have guys sitting on your bench that have been in the league for five years and haven't sniffed anything. And then you're trying to sell them, hey, let's go suck a couple more years. And then maybe we'll get there if we do it all correctly, which we've, we have not shown a track record of doing it correctly. So right. to me, it's a much easier sell for the Thunder and their players to yeah. accept that route.
0: Sam Presti has the track record. He's yep. he's done it. He's shown it. And they've been a championship team. And Shea Gildress Alexander, I remember reading an article a while back, uh, kind of like ranking the bottom tier teams in the NBA and the guy, I don't remember who wrote it, but he made a good point that unlike other tanking teams this year, the Thunder have a bona fide star. They have Shea Gilders Alexander. They have a guy that they know they're going to oh, revolve yeah. this team around, whereas these but, other teams yeah. are still trying to figure it out.
1: But what's funny nationally is people are still trying to get Shea out because he doesn't deserve to be on a tanking team, right? right? Get, get him to get into a team that's closer. It's just funny how the, that narrative always changes depending on where the national people want to see sure. a player play
0: yeah and the small market teams they never they never get the love uh you know No, even, even if the, you're
1: doing something correctly or not right like it's yeah it's free that person and send them to one of the four big market teams yes get them to la or <laughs> boston
0: or or Washington we're here or to New York. we're
1: here to draft and hopefully turn someone into something and then sell them off to a big yeah, market
0: team give them to somebody else <laughs> yeah uh the thunder i feel you know going back to when they were a like almost dynastic team they weren't. They never won a championship, but they made it to the finals, and they had great teams. Crazy to always think that they had uh, hard They kept those Westbrook three together.
1: And... You think that they?
0: Yeah, right. And yeah, and they didn't would've... trade James Harden. Which did they trade what? James Harden for? Kevin. Martin. They
1: had three good players, and it wasn't because they all three couldn't play together that they sent them mm-hmm. off. It was they just didn't want to pay all the money to the three players back at that time. Now right. that's not as big of a deal for some of these teams, right. but for a small market team. Um, that was a, that was a big deal. And so again, what, like you mentioned the notion of, you can't have multiple good players on your team. Yes. You would like them to be in spread out positions, but
0: well, and I was going to say with the thunder that it was even during those times that I feel like they weren't even respected enough. They were, uh, they were overlooked by LA or the Celtics or some other team that was also successful, but the bigger name and it's, you know, no love for the little guy, I suppose. But, uh, and, they then, have a, and
1: then the big guy went off to golden state.
0: Yes. To the team
1: that beat them. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> created the the super team that everybody hated so much, but the thunder have a bright future. I'm a firm believer that Presti knows obviously what he's doing. He's going to utilize these picks. Well, they own every draft pick from now till the end of time. And they have a lot of good young talent. Josh Giddy. We didn't get to watch last night, but he's a very fun player. Uh, that I'm excited to watch in this league. He's only 19, I believe, Jill. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Still a teen. He's young. Come from Austra- came from Australia, kind of like LaMelo did. Um, so, got a good talent on the team. The Kings obviously should have won, and they did. I'm glad they did. And the score wasn't as close as it really was. You know, the final score, 117-111, but it was, you know, it was more of a, Kings were, you know, 10-plus ahead for most of the the second half. And then, uh, okay, so got a,
1: Kings got a foul called on him, like, the last, what, I feel like it was like the last 10, 10 drives of the game that yeah Shay or Dort were driving in and it was just Love whistle, the whistle, 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 whistle.
0: Yeah, the game yeah. wouldn't end. It, you know, it was typical. Kings have a win and yeah. the NBA gods are like, well, you know, pump the brakes. We're going to have to tease you for a little bit. But uh yeah, snap the three-game losing streak. Now they play again against Dallas. And I, one thing I wanted to point out about the game um that just popped out was for a team that's been pretty Steady since Gentry took over, and then with christy in charge of shooting less threes and being more of a pace, get to the rim, get to the line. Team last night they just took took the cap off it. They had almost forty three point attempts, thirty nine, and they made seventeen of them, which is forty four percent from distance. That's good. That explains why they were able to score one hundred seventeen and and won the game. But I was just surprised to see all of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere, they went back to shooting like Walton era, if you will. I don't even know if I want to call it an era. Um, the Walton years of three-point attempts with 39. Because the previous game, I'm going to do a little background check to make sure I'm not full of shit. Uh, They had 29 attempts. So that was still decent. But, you know, you're you're firing them a little bit more. And Buddy Heald was making them and shooting them. So uh, a different narrative in the game. But Tyrese Halliburton is so much fun, Jill. And we've said that a million times on this podcast. If I had a dollar for every time we've said that, I'd have maybe... 30 bucks, you know, I could go get myself a nice dinner. But every time you watch a Kings game, you come away. That's your initial reaction is, wow, that dude's, that dude's awesome. Like, I I love watching that guy play. But now to get to the big discussion of this episode, the Kings can have, we're, we're, I think on the same mindset, the Kings can obviously have Tyrese Halliburton play great. And then De'Aaron Fox also play well and them to stay together. It doesn't need to be an either or situation. That's a that's a fallacy, actually, an either or when, when you're talking about like choosing a side. You don't need to do that. It's, it's false and it applies here. You don't need to have one or the other. We can have both. The question that I think people are asking is: I guess whose team is it really?
1: I mean, well, and it- I I think that's the thing though. To me, neither one of them have shown consistency long enough to say it's your team. Fox has shown it more, sure, because he's been mm-hmm. in the in the league longer, but I'm not willing. I love Tyrese Halliburton, but I need more than a 10, six to 10 game stretch to say, okay, now it's your team. No offense to him. I want, I want to see prolonged aggressiveness. Like we've been asking for him to be aggressive all year. He's finally aggressive. I need to keep seeing it. This is the second year player. Again, I'm not trying to do to him what I've done to Fox and to cousins and every other focal point of this team for the last 16 year drought. The thing is, it's it's to me, if you're gonna get rid of one, it's because you're getting a lot more talent back that's going to maybe even out some of the roster Balance. situation, you know, that that we've shown, whether it's wings, power forward wings, you know, guys that can play three, four, two, three, four, et cetera. Um, to me, it's not a matter of them not being able to play together. Like we've seen it multiple times where we even saw that the comment last night, that Fox went up to Halliburton before the game, Halliburton said this and tapped him and said, keep doing what you're doing. And the comments uh, based on that were a freaking joke. A veteran telling a young guy to keep doing what they're doing. Does not need to be looked at through a magnifying glass? Like we've been asking you to be aggressive all year. You've been doing that the last six games. Keep doing what you're doing. It's literally as simple as that. And Halliburton has said this. No, they keep telling me I need to do this. I need to do it. He's now showing it. Okay. They're telling him, keep showing it. I liked that. Like, yes, dude, I'm back. Keep doing what you're doing now. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to change. One guy took 17 shots last night. One took 14. One had 10 assists last night. One had eight. If balls are going in the basket, it's very much they can play together as a point guard shooting guard. Now, whether you have to intermix the roles of those two, that's fine. But to me, if you're getting rid of, like people want to say, get rid of Fox, it's because you want to spread out the talent everywhere else. And he is your most prized asset right now. I'm only doing it because of that. But if you're getting something back, you absolutely cannot miss because otherwise you're throwing Halliburton into the dumpster like you did Fox for the last, you know, four years of his career. Um, so again, we've had this conversation. You can move on from one, but you can't miss because otherwise what's happening to Fox now is Halliburton's the next one up. Yeah. Like it's Stored a continuous him. thing at this place. You can have one focal point. Great. But unless you have actual talent around them or talent that works together, you're in the same position over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. And the one guy that comes to my mind in thinking about, you know, who Fox could be shipped off in return for that would, I think, help the team legitimately balance it out and be what you need alongside Halliburton would be Jalen Brown. And you're not going to get Jalen Brown for De'Aaron Fox straight up. That would, the Celtics would never take it. You would need to throw in, you know, Bagley. Um, You couldn't really throw in Heald because now you have two huge contracts going for one. Math wouldn't work. You would need a draft pick. You would need to throw in more, which I'm not saying that the Kings should do that. I would do that. I would do, you know, uh, Fox, Bagley, Terrence Davis, and a draft pick for Brown and a wing player from the Celtics. If the Celtics are trying to shift things up themselves, which they're kind of in a similar position where they're not meeting their expectations. Right. They know Jason Tatum is their guy without question. And they're thinking we might need to do something. It's Brad Stevens' his first year as the GM. So he's probably, or president. And Dennis Schroeder title. is
1: not, you know, he's Season not one, there full-time. Right. Yes. They don't
0: have a long-term answer at point guard. That right. could be De'Aaron Fox. It'd actually make a ton of sense, I think, for the Celtics. And having De'Aaron Fox play with Jason Tatum, two guys that were picked right next to each other in that draft, that would be awesome. I would, I would sign up to watch that type of Boston Celtics basketball. But from the Kings' perspective, getting Jalen Brown to put at the two next to Halliburton, now Halliburton becomes the point guard, is always in his hand, Hall, or Brown plays off his great defense, great attacker. That would be great. That would be something that could work and is a talent upgrade for the Kings. And also gets rid of a guy in Bagley who you're not even trying to keep anyway. So you kind of, you know, level it out a little bit. You still got healed to figure out. But I would love that trade. But like you said, it needs to be something that helps them. and Fox for Ben Simmons to put alongside Halliburton. I see I don't see how that is really a difference.
1: Your defense is improving.
0: Sure. And your size.
1: But I mean, you're still having the same shooting issue. Like yeah. things that you had were Crunky. problems are still gonna be problems. You have some more length, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I get it from the perspective of people just wanting to shake something up. I yeah. get it, but again, it has to hit. Like whatever you do, it has to, it has to hit. Yeah,
0: and um, you got to be ambitious. You got to go. I mean, I that's and these guys re- are
1: still young. They're, yes. I mean whether. However long they've been in the league or not, I refuse to believe a 23-year-old cannot improve in anything. Sorry. Right. Like,
0: I I refuse to believe that a 23-year-old can't, with some time, gel with a 21-year-old player that also has a ton of talent.
1: That's silly. Especially if you can fix some of the issues around them, right, that you've been trying to do for two years.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we think they've been trying, you know. I
1: mean, we've been saying these same people haven't worked for two years, so... Oh, okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. Like,
0: yeah, uh, nothing new. I'm going to take us back a little bit here. I'm going to go down memory lane because the comparison we've been hearing from people that I think are just trying to um, stir the pot is that this Halliburton Fox situation, if you will, if you even want to call it a situation can be linked to and drawn comparisons to the Monte Ellis, Steph Curry situation. And for people that don't remember, because it was 2013 when Monte was shipped off the warriors were Monte Ellis's team prior to Steph Curry's arrival. And even when Steph Curry was there for the first mm-hmm. couple of years, because he was injured and they were, you know, he just we- was
1: not anything. Yes. Yeah. He
0: wasn't Steph Curry. yet. He
1: wasn't what Steph is now.
0: Yeah. It was Monte Ellis's team. He was awesome. He was a member of the, we believe 2017 that upset the Mavericks in the first round. And what was some of the best basketball playing with Baron Davis, vintage Baron Davis, but Monte and Steph, were not a combo that a lot of people thought fit. And Monte Ellis himself went on record as saying, "I don't think we work together because we're two score first guards who are usually better off with the ball in our hands." He said it. Monte Ellis acknowledged it. Like this is kind of a clunky fit. That doesn't mean that they didn't want to play together, that they didn't think they could do good things for the Warriors, and they were in 2013. It was Mark Jackson's last year. They were winning a lot of games, they ended up making the playoffs and winning 51 games. But they made the trade at the trade deadline, the Warriors did sending Monte to the Milwaukee Bucks for Andrew Bogut, who at one point was a first it was overall. Bogut
1: and Steven Jackson, like
0: Steve this, Jackson. is my
1: thing. Is it's what made the, the Warriors the Bucks, Warriors? Curry was great, but then they also hit on every draft pick. by Thompson, yeah. So again, it wasn't like they required all this talent back that then led. Yes. To them drafting like it's.
0: It's not, it's not that, the same. That's
1: my thing. Like, yeah. that's my thing. Yes, it, it, it opened the door for one thing, but had they not, had they drafted like the Kings drafted, I don't think they would be the Warriors that their Warriors are now.
0: No. Like, no, and they had the framework there. The reason they made the trade truly and the, you know, the GM, um, which at that time was not Bob Meyer. It was Larry Riley, I believe. And then Travis, Sh- uh, Schlank. Schlank. And everyone
1: called the Bucks the winners. So, yeah, I mean, did. it just goes to show. They, did. Like, <laughs> they, did. they were like, what do the Warriors do? Why, you know. <laughs> Why would
0: you trade Monte Ellis, who's so good and has done so much for the franchise? But the Warriors wanted to give Klay Thompson his chance because he had been in the league for two years at that point, drafted 2011, 2013 is where we're at here. They needed him to step in. They thought that fit was more of the long-term solution. They knew Steph was the guy, and they needed a center. Sure. They really needed some defensive-minded center in the middle and Bogut was the perfect match. The risk of course, was that Bogut was always hurt that you're, you're giving up on Monte Ellis and you're giving up on Ekpe Udo who was a previous top 10 pick of theirs, who was starting to like turn a corner. So a lot of people thought they were giving up and going like not, not giving up, but they were overanalyzing this, you know, they were overthinking it when they could have just stuck with what they had because they had talent. As it turns out the next year, Steve Kerr steps in, they win the championship. They beat the Cavs. Andrew Bogut is a huge part of that as a defensive stalwart in the and middle. Steph
1: Curry becomes the best shooter in history. And
0: Steph Curry became Steph fucking Curry. And Clay Thompson which, became Klay Thompson. Which he was Thompson. always
1: said that, like, his shooting was there. It was people didn't think he would be athletic enough.
0: Right. Um, I mean, just a, a crazy. All the analysts that missed on Steph Curry projections. Just so many wrong takes about that guy. But anyway, the trade itself. Obviously, like you said, Jill. The war, the Bucks were considered the war or the winners, and the Warriors were questioned. Looking back at it now, there's no question who won the trade. There's no question what this did for the Warriors in their in their title and dynasty run. But is it the same? Can we actually draw a comparison to this Halliburton Fox situation? You and I are both saying fuck no, obviously no. No,
1: these
0: are not the same teams. Yeah,
1: right. And I mean, I asking Halliburton to be Steph Curry and Davion Mitchell to be Clay Thompson. That's a lot for like, sorry. Yeah. I mean, you're asking these guys to be, you know, how many times three time champions, like mm-hmm. the best shooter of all time. Again, I, my thing is it's, it's not sending Fox to make another person the focal point it's sending Fox to get talent back. And I, I, it would have to be way better than what Monte Alice, um, what the Warriors got back for, for yeah. Monte. Um, but th- to me, that's that's where if you're gonna make a move and makes it's because he's your highest valued asset at this point. And if you can get something legit for him, great. But if that offer is not out there right now, I do not make that move. I don't. I still try, to try to and around work them. around. I still work around the edges because I'm not sending my highest asset for nothing to me, the other, getting rid of the other ones for less value to me, that's addition by subtracting, getting rid of Fox for less value. To me, that's not an addition by subtraction, but that's just my, my take maybe next year it'll be different because Halliburton will have another year, you know, under him. And you can see, what Davion does for the rest of the year, but to me, it's just way too early. Unless you're getting like a hundred, like a Jalen Brown back, right? Like that's. Yeah.
0: I would I love, love Jalen Brown. Brown, but who wouldn't? You know, he's he's a top flight player. Uh, I just
1: think it's way too early to be saying, guys. Yeah, can not yeah. or cannot? I mean, seen, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I'm just. I haven't seen enough of it.
1: To me, give me talent, mm-hmm. and then no. move the pieces as need be, but get the talent first.
0: To. 2013 Warriors had talent. They were a winning team. They had Harrison Barnes, a young Harrison Barnes in his second year, I believe. They had Draymond Green, who was, I think, a rookie in 2013 or his second year. I forget when Draymond was drafted. I always look back at that and think about how close the Kings were to having him because I, I know the Kings were coming on the clock in the second round, and I was expecting them. I don't know if there was any truth to them wanting him. I've heard different things, but he was right there, and the Warriors jumped ahead and snagged him, and obviously... He's a a warrior legend, but yeah, you're, you're comparing apples to oranges. You're comparing one team that was already on the precipice of being a a great, great team to a team that's seven games under 500 and barely beating a team of G league rookie, no name players because they're not good. So for now, let's just accept the fact that Tyrese Halliburton is a very good basketball player and Darren Fox is also (laughs) a very good basketball player and they can try and make this work. I like that and to me, staggers yeah. them more so yeah. they can each have their chance on the court. Just and by it's not like it. getting
1: rid of Fox f- fixes their defensive issue when you have three other players that are right at the bottom of the league and defense along with him. Like, <clears throat> so you just keep, yeah. It's it's not working as is. We know that. And I think we both, again, have said this. We really don't care how you mix and match the puzzle pieces, as long as it ends in a W. Like, right. I am not getting attached to players or saying, you know what I mean? Like, oh, these people are untouchable. No, like, do whatever you have to do to get a win. Like <laughs> when you're a prolonged bad team, do whatever you have to do to get a win. Um, but it's clear that, at least for the most part, the puzzle pieces are, are not, Don't just don't work. But prior to Halliburton even coming in, the three didn't work together anyway. So it's not like just by adding him something, you know what I mean? Like that was new. And all of a sudden those guys not working like no, we had had years of it, not, not getting those basics, right. As the coaches had been saying for years, like it's fundamentally that the team needs to fix itself.
0: Was Buddy a better fit alongside Fox when that was the thing? Fox and Heald? Yeah, because Heald doesn't need the ball in his hands. He doesn't. He, he's actually at his best when he doesn't have the ball. When they
1: played a certain way, but they yeah. went away, Like, right? I mean, they, it fit for one year.
0: Yes, 2018.
1: And they, and he got paid. Yep. And it hasn't worked outside of that.
0: Yeah. He, better Heald isn't. I enigma. mean, the next
1: year, they had to move him to the bench and put and a bogey start halfway through the year. Like... It, they, it completely changed. Like, and you look at the shot charts from then to now, like it's completely changed and yes, he can spread the floor and gives the threat, but if you're not doing enough of every other little thing yeah. along with the rest of the team, like it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I, I,
0: I definitely think that the biggest need of this team is still figuring out the four and what you're doing there. You have 17 centers and like two actual power forwards. One of them thinks he's buddy healed, but in power forward form in Shemezi Metu, And the other is Marvin Bagley, who has all the talent in the world, but hasn't put his puzzle together to be like a bona fide star that he could be. And I fear that he will be once he gets out of Sacramento and goes somewhere else. He will figure it out. But this, te- this team is so obviously imbalanced. They have so many guards, so many centers, no one in the wing. And it creates this clusterfuck that we currently have. To give Halliburton just some more love real quick, his last three games, his sat lines are just ridiculous. Uh, Alvin Gentry called him spectacular after last night's game in which he was, had 24 points, 10 assists, two rebounds, two blocks, and a steal, five of eight from distance against Memphis, a game that we would like to forget, including the other Memphis games because they were all terrible. 18 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and then the Clippers game, 22 points, 13 assists, three rebounds, three steals. The guy fills up a stat sheet. In everything. I mean, steals, blocks, assists. He even rebounds well. He's starting to get more, I think, aggressive on the glass. He right. is, a, is, a, is a raw talent. And uh, if it wasn't for, what did he do again? Actually, now I'm trying to, like, he, he didn't like talk with teams much in, in, um, prior to the draft in 2020. Like, what was the reason he didn't go top 10? Because there was something that, that held him out of the top 10 in the draft.
1: They said they weren't comfortable with the shot.
0: Oh, that's right. I was, okay. Because I also know they he didn't believe his shot with transition. Yeah. His clunky little shot that is automatic. But it works. But it works. Like yeah. plenty
1: of other players, right? That have funky stuff and it ends up.
0: Kevin Martin had a really weird shot and it never stopped him from making threes, making those corner threes.
1: And he's a smart enough player where he can do so many other little things that that didn't really.
0: I mean, he's effective. He's,
1: he's I don't 21.
0: Know. Yeah. It's just crazy. It, it blows me away when I when I think about how well rounded he is as a player, how savvy he is. Like he's a ten year vet, and he's you know he's a two thousands baby. It's February two thousand is when Talia Saliburton was born, and he's already you know debatably like the most complete player on this team. That's nuts, and it and it speaks to the the Kings roster that they currently have. Harrison Barnes had a good game too. We, we haven't seen consistent Harrison Barnes this year. It's been something that's definitely hurt them uh, in their chance, in their attempts to find like sustainable success. Barnes has been way inconsistent all over the place, but he had 17 points. Uh, and,
1: and the biggest thing like right now with this team, right? When We were talking about the things is they have three guys making over 20 million right now. Right. <clears throat> and they're, <laughs> and they've the same three guys, right. That, that aren't working and their salary cap total is 1,033,531. And so that's with active right roster plus some cap holds that they have. Now you look at a team like the Grizzlies 1 mil, or a hundred million and 15 that's, they have a $15 million cap difference. They don't have one player making over 20, Granted, that will change when Ja can get paid, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it's proven guys, right, already that that can win. Where we paid guys that had not proven anything, and you have a you have a fifteen million dollar difference, and comparing a team that's you know made the playoffs or the play-ins, whatever, the last two years, and actually shows legitimate promise, and then you have. The Kings that are just getting worse. Like it's, it's a joke.
0: Yeah. The you got to drop
1: some of that money. You do when you're a bad team, like you can't afford to pay a buddy yield and Harrison Barnes over 20 million on a bad team. Like you can have Fox making 28 and be a bad team. Okay. But yeah. like, that's, that's what sucks. Like you can't keep paying all that money, you From know, losses 60 million, you know, above sixty million, almost seventy on on a bad for three guys of your cord that doesn't work.
0: Yep. I so believed in this team. He was so all in on those three guys being the face of this team. It just blew up so spectacularly in our faces because
1: he was wrong. Maybe, I mean maybe if no coronavirus existed, maybe it would have worked because they were playing well at the end of the year. But what does this team do? They played well, they went away, they came back, they could not, they never yeah. played well together yet. Like
0: the bubble was tough. They uh I know that at least the Walton was the drinking end of it. Plenty yeah. of good coffee. And they did a whole story on like what Luke Walton brought with him to the bubble, I remember. And I was just like, I don't care. why do I give a shit about this? Go win some games. But
1: Yeah, Uh, you had a team that looked maybe like it was going like this that crash landed and never, never went back. Never
0: has literally never has not found itself since.
1: But it all but they were only like that because they had a hell of a run in the second half, and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that was it. Like
0: what could have been in that? They had a good
1: as this team does. They had good runs and then they had bad runs, (laughs) like
0: all that they've ever shown together. Pelicans game on TNT against Alvin Gentry's Pelicans that were also suddenly red hot and fighting with the Kings for that eighth spot. That was the game that was supposed to be coming. They're supposed to play that game. And that was when the league shut down. And
1: crashed too. Yeah. Yeah. And he lost his job.
0: Yep. It's funny how this, you know, life is just full circle. Now Gentry's coaching us and trying to figure out how to fix the the Kings, how to fix this, this mess. And uh, it's impossible. It's not going to be something Gentry will be able to fix. Possibly not even the next coach will fix this mess. Uh,
1: and it, and at this point, like we've been saying too, it's hard to know when any trades will be coming. Yeah, coming back because again, you can't complete trades if guys aren't active.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Like that, like you're not going to trade someone who's on, on the COVID, COVID. Pro- like a frozen because asset. literally they can't. You you might have a trade, but nothing's getting completed until nope. the person gets out of protocols and yeah. can go get a physical and do all that stuff. So.
0: And we don't. The crazy thing is, we don't know when. Obviously, this will the the. We hope the curve will flatten again going into yeah. January, past New Year, you know, get out of the holidays and stuff like that. But we have no idea. That's that's just been the theme of life for the past few years. We have no idea what's going to happen, and so these trades that people are hoping for and we want, yeah, I we're not going to see them realistically for at least another couple weeks. Like I'm not expecting anything. I'm expecting, like I said last episode, it's going to get dangerously close to that February deadline. And that's when things are going to be able to clear up and moves can be made. And I say dangerously close because the Kings will be buried by that point in yeah. in, in the standings.
1: They're they're running out of time, but time is not on their side either. In the sense of what's what's going on, did so you, it's it's hard to know.
0: I meant to ask you last yesterday. Did you take anything from Monty McNair going to practice and like chatting it up and being like seemed like a little bit more hands on in yesterday's? No, because he's been the there. Game? Like, yeah, he's always there, but they were making like a point like that he was there. And I didn't know if that was on purpose, or if that was a surprise to some in the media that he was. No, I think
1: it was just, hey, everybody, he's here. Like, because yeah, as James had said that they haven't been able to go to practices with all this going on. Mm-hmm. And so this was the first time they were like back and being able to to be in there in a couple of weeks. So it was like, hey, everybody, like he's here along with everybody else. I yeah. think that's all it. OK, I think that's all it was.
0: Because I know he's always there and Dumas is there and Vivek's usually there. But because of
1: everything going on, we don't know who who's been allowed and who's not. And I just know from the talk the other day, it was that's the first time media had been let back in. And so I think it was just making a point of here's everybody who's here in the building. Mm -hmm. And especially knowing that you had outside personnel with COVID like who were off, you'd I mean. Would they have announced it if Monty had I don't know. Like true. You know true. what I mean? So yeah. it's I think it was just a
0: we knew some management had it. We here. don't know who yeah. didn't tell. I don't us. I
1: I think that's all it was. It was, hey guys, he's here and yeah. he's active. Like he's back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's talking to along
1: with the rest of us. Coach
0: Mike, you. who would miss time as well um no so, he very
1: well could just been checking in on his guys like right well, you, like, think. you know you would hope. guys that were just coming back from everything it's so hey do. how you feeling how you doing yeah like, be yeah. a
0: person yeah care yeah. about your but i did see someone
1: say oh why are you in there you should be on the phones like okay like they all have ever. cell phones okay yeah, like just
0: always on the phone I'm not. people have to call you back and <laughs> i would like, like you to be can
1: be on a phone in there i mean
0: yeah and no phones <laughs> allowed in the gym
1: I mean, like really come on. Yeah.
0: I was that's gonna, like saying
1: the guy shouldn't be playing video games when they're not playing a game. Like come, come on.
0: That would crush Darren Fox because he's a huge gamer. Yeah. Uh I didn't ask you before, but I was wanting to hopefully maybe do a Jill's water cooler here in a second, because we don't have a Friday show. I, I know you have your spreadsheet of them. So... Yeah,
1: so I'll be doing it a little bit differently this time.
0: Okay. Because well, we... my
1: voice is a little um, me, under the weather now it's actually i'll be playing a clip rather than telling the story oh
0: okay well let me wrap i thought up. this
1: was funny let so, me wrap it up this yeah. real
0: quick um before i hand it off to you joe as we do it for the water cooler kings tonight against dallas 16 and 17 dallas they've gone through some shit themselves uh you know they're they're up and down up and down up and down and they play the weird back-to-back at home play tonight then they play on new year's we're gonna see isaiah thomas there's a lot of people in protocol on the dallas mavericks they've just lost some more today brandon knight uh, who had they brought back into the league had actually been playing well for him on this exemption hardship, whatever the name of the contract is. He's now in protocols. I think Doncic is still in protocols. I don't actually know. You don't know what this, it changes in a heartbeat. So I, I, I don't know, but big thing is we will see Isaiah Thomas. We will see a team that's been scuffling themselves for two straight games to ring in 2022. And then I think they play, Oh man, I just drew a blank and that first game of 2022 in January, I think they play the Lakers. And I'm just looking ahead, as I like to do at the end of the episode. Uh, they play Miami. Sorry, they play Miami at home, and then they go back on the road to LA, and then they play the Lakers. So anyway, they're going to have the same opponent in Sacramento for a couple days. See if they can get a a win streak going again. But for now, something that's actually awesome and that we enjoy doesn't make me sad. Jill's water cooler. Are you playing it? This one is actually
1: about about the Kings, and it's um Kenny Smith giving a story. So. um nice they they used to do these things this was back in i think 2017 it was called open court Mm -hmm. and they had like guys sitting around um the table together some people might have heard this some might have forgot about it and so this will be a laugh again but they were talking about guys that play on the worst teams ever and so kenny you know raises his hand because he was taken by the kings and um it now goes into this so let me know if you can hear this
2: it's yeah, kind of a little segment we're calling Humor Me. And if, if you cannot if you cannot find the humor in playing on a bad team, I don't know how you survive it, and I think most of you have, have played on, on teams that were subpar. And Kenny's already got his, got his hand raised. I think, I think, I think about the, the fact that, Kenny, you played on a team um, that you were... I'm trying to think of what your record was. Not good. But it was not good. Um, was it tough to to play every night uh did you often take the floor knowing you were going to lose that the Sacramento Kings were going to lose that
3: night no you you have a delusion that you're gonna win games but in fact you were, 20, rally, you were 24 and 50. Yeah, you have a delusion but you know Bill Russell at the time was our coach and he and he we had an interesting concept with me as a rookie he he said to me on the bus he said you're gonna have to sit next to me on the bus the whole time I, like, I didn't want to do that I'm like I don't want to sit next to the coach to The whole bus and the plane rides and everywhere oh, So he, so we God. I started walking to the back And he grabbed oh, me man. back He said young fella you gotta sit next to me like, why do I have to sit? Because he's a loser. <laughs> he's, a loser. he's a loser. And he's never, they're never going to win. He, so so, LaSalle...
1: so in that story, he's pointing like uh kind of like the Oprah, you get a, you get a car, you get a car. He's pointing, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser. As they're on the plane, like he's point. Uh, Bill Russell's pointing players out, literally calling them losers.
3: LaSalle Thompson wasn't one of the guys he pointed. He's like, you can't call these guys losers. You know, what are you doing? He's like. I'm trying to trade him. But nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. If you don't believe me, you can come in the office and sit with me. So, Bill Russell was a very keep it real coach. <laughs> Are, were those losses
2: tough to take, Kenny? I mean, when you yeah. lose 58 games in a season, I'm imagining that from when you started playing organized basketball, you hadn't lost 58 games in your no, life. No, no,
3: no. I mean, it's difficult. And you, my agent used to say, he could tell when the season stopped by looking at my. What I was spending, my spending habits, because in the season I would spend more money trying to please myself and make make myself up. So I would spend money, I would buy things for myself Holy to make Danny, myself how it of, good. I would I buy a car. Car. Oh, no kind of I, would <laughs> <jewelry>. <laughs> I would buy all these kind of things just to make myself feel better. You spend more money because you know you're losing. But uh the last part about it is in practice, Coach Russell really didn't run practice that much. So he would let Willis read run and practice. And so he would read the paper. He was kind of like Bear Bryant. So he's sitting down, he's reading the paper, and all of a sudden I look over and you and you and you see him sleeping in practice. <laughs> he's, so he kind of stumbles and everyone laughs. He's like, Everybody out of practice. If y'all wasn't so damn boring, I wouldn't be sleeping if he <laughs> was out of practice for us being boring, for him falling asleep. 1994.
1: Then they talked to Weber about. Weber's experience on the Wizards, but I thought that was but he's like I've been trying to trade all of them and nobody wants them.
0: That's the current state of the Kings,
1: <laughs> and that's what I started laughing because I was like, well, <laughs> we're kind of we're kind of there, just yeah, at another point in time. Hey, but uh, yeah, no, I want you sitting next to me. I don't want you sitting next to the losers.
0: They're the losers they, they haven't sit, they haven't ruined you yet. Come over here. That's what we got to do with <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton. You know put him oh next to Christie and don't let him ever see anybody that's, you know, only lost in their career. Yeah. But on you
1: know, that was the 80, 87 Kings. And yes, now we're back to the 2001 Kings. Ru-
0: so. Russell was the coach I, I as a Kings fan. And that was before my time. I forget about that, that he'd one of the greatest basketball players ever coached his team. And he, sorry, <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, I, 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 I someday we'll hopefully meet Gracie jill's adorable dog that she has uh a golden doodle right is that what she is not a yeah is that the breed
1: she's a petite golden doodle
0: petite. and now she's
1: decided she wants it's playtime and it's so, playtime
0: yeah she's been good for the past yeah. like 40 minutes that we've been doing this
1: but Yeah, yeah she's like a little 15 pounder petite golden doodle.
0: you'll see her on jill's twitter page if you follow jill uh the kings are, are such a like a cursed franchise that even the greats haven't been able to figure them out. I'm
1: <laughs> relieved to know that yeah.
0: Gentry hasn't turned to that point yet. Um, he's ripped these guys a new one, but from what we know, he didn't you know, call them all losers <laughs> and say that he's trying to trade all of them, which both of those are true. If we're being real, those would be true things for Alvin Gentry to say, especially the trading, like Buddy Heald, you know, there's no beating around the bush there. We are trying to trade Buddy Heald, but he's keep he's keeping it, you know, reasonable, of course. A modern NBA coach. And the team is uh, trying to keep finding those good vibes. And Kenny Smith, thankfully, he went on to do great things. He's a great, great basketball mind. So the Kings didn't break Kenny Smith. Thank God. But thank you, Jill. That was good. And it was uh, entertaining. Those roundtable discuss- or open court discussions, I do remember those. Great. Very good stuff. Ernie Johnson's the goat of NBA uh, like commentary, along with like Marv Albert. So we'll, we'll, we'll close there as we do with the water cooler. I'll be at a different one this time around and we will uh, not be here Friday. Jill and I will be enjoying our new year's Eve's uh, and prepping for another year of covering the Kings together, hoping for better results in 2022. Right. Like it can't get worse. Oh, wait a minute. Or,
1: or you never know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, wait, never mind. Hope if for the best.
1: Expect the worst. Hope for the
0: best. <laughs> expect the worst. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on Monday. Couple games that we'll cover, I guess just the Dallas games we'll be able to, to discuss once we get back. Don't don't be crossing your fingers for any trades, guys. Again, we it seems unrealistic right now. Bigger things happening in the world. Just instead, enjoy the Tyrese Halliburton is at least a bright spot on this team of, of losers. If Bill Russell were to look at this team, he would call them losers. All right. That's it for us on this Wednesday episode.
3: Slater dudes.